Welcome to the Azure Security Podcast, where we discuss topics relating to security, privacy, reliability, and compliance on the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Azure Security Podcast. My name is Michael Howard, and I'm here with my colleagues, Sarah Young, Gladys Rodriguez, and Mark Simos. Um, we're going to expect to run this podcast probably every, every couple of weeks or so. Um, focus is going to be 100% security and Azure security. Uh, we expect this to be about 30, 45 minutes, uh, 200, 300 level, and we may even dive into a 400 level every once in a while, but we expect to have pretty broad coverage, um, cover lots of topics, and uh, we hope you subscribe to the podcast. So with that, I'd like to introduce my uh, my colleagues, and we'll start with you, Sarah. So what do you, what do, you do? Oh, well, I am a security architect in Microsoft. Um, unlike everyone else on this podcast, I'm like the the noob of, of, of Microsoft, as in I've only been working for Microsoft for about the last 18 months or so, whereas everyone else has got a bit more tenure on me, um, which I know they will introduce themselves. Um, I live in Australia um, at the moment, um, so I'm the only person currently recording in the morning. <laughs> everyone else is doing this in their evening. Um, I'm really interested. I've been working in cloud for a long time. I'm really interested in just making people do cloud better um, in terms of security. Also, I have a very big soft spot for Kubernetes and containers um, and also uh, security operations in Azure Sentinel, which is kind of uh, my uh, my baby and one of my favorite things in the Microsoft security stack. Um, aside from that, um, what I would normally be doing is just going and eating my way around things um, and traveling around doing conferences and community stuff. But of course, at the moment, we're a little bit restricted on that. Yeah. Fair enough, too. Hey, um, Gladys, I want you to go and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Gladys Rodriguez. I live in Virginia. Um, that's Washington, D.C. area. Um, I've been in IT for over 25 years. Um, I started as a programmer, and now I'm doing a lot of security, zero trust, uh, a identity type of work. Um, I would love to go to Australia one day and maybe visit uh, Sarah. Yes, come and, visit. Uh, I enjoyed. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, never been there, so I probably uh, Mark has been uh, everywhere. So uh, he he was talking about that earlier. So. Fantastic. Um, so Mark, over to you. How how long have you and I known each other? Uh Let's see. I think we we met in passing because I've been here 20 years. You've been 28 now. Yeah, 28, yeah, 28 years. Yeah. I think we met in passing in like the sort of first wave of security at Microsoft yeah. in like sort of that 03, 04, 05 time. Yeah. Yep. And then we really started working together a lot more when in the cybersecurity services stuff, probably around 10 or 11, 2010, 2011. So yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do? Um, so I am a lead architect or lead cybersecurity architect, depending on um, who I'm talking to. Um, and uh, so basically my job is to put myself in the in the position, you know, mentally empathy wise of, you know, customer CISO, lead architect, um, director, SOC director, identity, whatever, um, or all the way down to like security analysts, et cetera. And figure out what kind of guidance they need from us on Microsoft capabilities, the top issues, et cetera. 
and then help build reference architectures, reference strategies, top 10 lists, that kind of thing um, to kind of help them, you know, uh, do their jobs better, faster um, and leverage our stuff. So um, mostly an infrastructure background on my side um, before I got into cyber about that 10 years ago. Um, so, you know, lots of Windows Server configuration manager types of stuff. Um, and uh, I pretty much cover almost everything across the security spectrum and a lot of the sort of human business interface stuff is, uh, is a lot of where I focus. Fantastic. Um, so to everyone who's listening, so my name is Michael Howard. Um, as Mark already said, I've been here 28 years. Uh, I've always been involved in security in one kind of way, shape or form. Uh, but about around the 2000 area, around that, that time, I sort of moved into more of security as in uh, threats and attacks and you know, defending systems. Uh, prior to that, I worked on security features, so access control, Kerberos, PKI certificates, all that sort of, all that sort of good stuff. Um, but yeah, about, about 20 years ago, I moved into sort of you know, defending systems from attack. I was one of the people behind um, the Microsoft Security Development Lifecycle back in the day. And uh, yeah, it's been on, been moving on up ever since, really. Uh, actually, the funny thing is, someone asked me the other day, you know, how you know, how can you be at Microsoft 28 years? You know, you must, you must be tired by now. And the funny thing is, no, I'm not tired at all. I feel as as excited today as I did 28 years ago. Um, you know, this cloud thing, you heard it here first, is it's going to be a big thing one of these days. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> that's what um, I heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. So anyway, look, thanks everyone for introducing yourselves. Um, I hope that gives the listener an, an idea or the listeners an idea of kind of the, the backgrounds that we have and the you know the um, the breadth of breadth and depth of experience that we that we have. And we hope uh, we hope that you find this podcast uh, you know, really useful. So I'm gonna. So I guess up. I my my question. Take Gladys, what's that? Yeah, my my question to you: Did you work on the Y2K? Did I work on? No, I stayed way away from that stuff. No, I mean, I did some work on it, um, but I was mainly interested because back back in the day, I was always like a C C plus. In fact, I still am. I still love C C plus plus. Um, so I was interested in you know the way C represented dates and times um, from a programming language perspective, but I was never really involved. Um, sort of like the cold face, so to speak, with uh, with Y two K. No, no, I wasn't. I'm glad. Can I do some, can I do some, um, can I make everyone feel, um, I feel I just can't help it. Um, I'm going to make everyone feel old by pointing out my dad worked on the Y2K for a a bank that he worked for. (laughs) Thank you. I needed that. I'm sure you did. And and with that, let's move right along. So I want to throw it back open to you guys. So, you know, every day we're all, all, all doing cyber, all doing security, privacy, compliance, that kind of stuff. Um, so one thing I want to look at, you know, every week we do this, when we do this podcast is, you know, what have you been doing the last couple of weeks? But obviously don't disclose sensitive information. But I mean, so Mike, so what have you been doing the last couple of weeks? So um, the big focus that I've been uh, working on, in addition to, you know, customer conversations and the like, these sort of the things that always, you know, pepper in your schedule. Um, the, the thing that uh, I've been focusing on is we've got this uh, cloud adoption framework at Microsoft. And uh, like all things, um, they had to ship quickly. And so they didn't get as much security into it in the, in the first release um, as they wanted. And so I've been uh, spending a lot of time um, getting that in there. we got some releases coming up in early May. 
um, that will uh, have some security roadmaps, some uh, guidance on sort of organizational uh, functions, you know, kind of, you know, uh, the jobs to be done in security and kind of how those are modernizing, um, as well as, you know, um, kind of a, a primer on uh, security strategy and, and kind of how do you deal with both the, the modernization of security and the threats and all that, along with the platform you have to protect. Um, so lots and lots of writing lately, um, uh, as opposed to my normal schedule of PowerPoints, because <laughs> I love my PowerPoint. Um, but yeah, that's that's been the big thing that's sort of been occupying my mind is kind of, you know, organizing uh, our, th our thoughts and strategy and, you know, uh, pulling from some of our former CISOs that we have on staff, et cetera, um, to make sure that we're actually using the terms policy and standards right and things like that. So um, that's really been my uh, headspace for the past couple of weeks. You know, it's funny. I always know when, whenever I see a presentation, I know when it's a Simos presentation. I just know <laughs> there's just something about it. Like first of all, it usually packs a lot of content in, the, in one slide. Um, it's visual and it's dense. <laughs> it is. It's very dense. Yeah. So Gladys, and what I, have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Actually, I've been using a lot of uh, Mark Simos' uh, uh, work. Um, I've been working with uh, several organizations uh, about uh, their zero trusts strategy, mm. um, mainly uh, how it impacts uh, the uh, security operations center and uh, trying to uh, let the customers know our whole strategy based on interconnection you know, of tools. And I think that uh, brings a lot of uh, um, heads uh, to, to the table because uh, they realize how much uh, interconnection actually artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, can do for um, operation center. Right. So, so thank you, Mark, for all your work. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to do it. That's why I do it. Fantastic. So, um, so Sarah, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Well, I think for a start, I'm just going to have to mention to, to, to round out the, um, the, the praise, Mark, your presentation game and your PowerPoint game is very strong. Like, <laughs> let's you. be honest. Yeah. It really is. I use a lot of your slides and I make a lot of other people use your slides. Um, but what I've been working on the last couple of weeks, um, as I said, Sentinel is my baby. Um, and a lot of what we've been looking at in the last couple of weeks with the customers I'm working with, aside from just getting people deployed and making sure they can actually um, use the product properly, is there's been a big focus on the remote working expansion that has understandably happened in the last month, six weeks for people all around the world. And um, we've been working on, uh, along with some of the other teams in Microsoft, um, so our threat intelligence teams, uh, working on how um, some guidance for customers around how they can uh, monitor Teams, how you can monitor uh, Zoom, how you can, and now at the moment, so we've done a bit of collaboration work. And at the moment, I'm working on doing um, a, a big guide for how you can monitor Windows Virtual Desktop uh, using Azure Sentinel and the kind of queries and things you should be looking for to um, to to potentially pick up what might be some uh, um, suspicious behavior. Because, of course, a lot of people have suddenly had a massive explosion in using things like virtual desktops. And uh, it's one of those ones that snowballed. When I suggested doing it, suddenly everyone piled in, which is great because I've got loads of content from loads of different people. But now I have to put it into something uh, readable. But we're nearly there. So watch this space. It should be soon. Yeah, I've heard there's been like a huge uptick in Windows Virtual Desktop, right? 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Even and Sentinel? Yes. There you go. Yes, so, Sentinel um, work because now they're, they're trying to bring all the logs together, right? Right. Right. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because Sentinel yeah, can look inside of Windows BDIs, right? Yeah, and I'm looking forward uh, to seeing how you're um, putting uh, your guidance together for monitoring multiple clouds. Right. Oh yeah, that's that's always yeah, that's on the list too. Um, this one we tend to break it up into sort of chunks. So this this next one's going to be Windows Virtual Desktop specific, but we're 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 always writing new bits um, depending on the demand that we see from customers and what we get the most queries about. So yeah, um, and definitely if you've never checked out the tech community, that's where all that stuff is. So definitely look there. Nice. Yeah, we'll definitely provide links in the show notes for that. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, on that very topic, actually, so we're in the throes of setting up um, the the website. We'll do that. Uh, hopefully, by the time this 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 thing goes live, there will actually be a website supporting it. Um, but that should be should be no problem. Um, so in the last couple of weeks, I've been um, I've been crazy. Uh, you know, if, if there was one thing to me that would sum up the last couple of weeks, probably even the last month, has been the number of customers who wanted to get workloads onto Azure quickly. Um, I'm working with um, a customer right now. I'm working with a, a bunch of customers, and one of them, they're getting a COVID-19 work, workload up and running. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of work, right? We've got to make sure that thing is secure from attack. So we've been working on the threat models, working on the policies, um, network isolation, cryptography, authentication, authorization, monitoring the whole, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, that's been one customer. Uh, a lot of other customers always, you know, Azure workloads, and we're just making sure that they're as secure as possible. Um, a lot of threat modeling been going on. Uh, you know, making sure that the the mitigations, you know, that we have in place are appropriate, uh, and also that they map so appropriately to the the customer's uh, requirements as well and their policies as well. So really crazy busy. Uh, the last month has just been absolutely you know unbelievably busy yeah but good busy right i mean it's just just a lot of just a lot of work um but that's that's great that's that's good i mean obviously we're all we're all busy um so let's sort of flip now to kind of the news you know what's going on uh, around the azure security space uh let's start with you uh sarah you got some news about containers your pet subject yes um, so as I said, containers and Kubernetes, it's a little pet pet love of mine from my, um, even from my pre-Microsoft days. Um, and as I'm sure lots of you know, um, Kubernetes is of course open source um, and most of the technologies, but we do have AKS and features in Azure that, that support it. And um, in Security Center, which is our infrastructure hygiene tool, um, our um, container security um, stuff has gone GA. So it actually has been available um, in preview for um, about since November, I think. So maybe about six months, uh, but now it's all GA, which is great. So there's container image vulnerability scanning. Um, we've also got the threat protection on AKS or Azure Kubernetes service clusters. Um, so if you're using Security Center and you've got AKS and containers, you should definitely check that out. Um, uh, if you hadn't seen it already in the preview. And again, if you're looking for something uh, to protect at least the infrastructure side of your Kubernetes and containers, then um, you should check out Security Center as well to 
see if that meets what you need to do, because um, obviously a lot of businesses are going towards microservices, chopping things, chopping those big applications up into containers. Uh, and you do need to change your security tool set to be able to monitor them. And you need tools that are container aware. Um, I've seen so many businesses, um, again, in my pre-Microsoft days as well, um, actually just forget that and they just use their traditional application stuff and as a minimum if you've got your application security tooling you will need to at least make it container aware or if it's older it might not be possible to do that and you might need to buy something else um i talk about this a lot it's a talk i've done many many times before um uh in various different places around the world because it is something that's still very new and people are getting used to it so go and look at inbuilt things um in azure because you know it's always a good start and then you can work out what else you need from there because container security is tricky Just a show sorry does it show uh, information in uh secure score it does, yes. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Hey, I, I have a question as well. So you, you said advanced threat protection. So I've been playing around with advanced threat protection for storage accounts, mm. um, which monitors things like anomalous behavior, but it also monitors for signature-based malware, essentially like the reputation stuff that we have in in Edge. Is, is it similar stuff? I mean, is it looking for signature-based malware and looking for anomalous behavior? I mean, how does it compare and contrast? So it is different. And this is um, this is always this is where I want a whiteboard. Unfortunately, we're podcasting, so no whiteboard. So you'll have to imagine with me and I'll try and describe. So um, the difference containers are weird. Containers and Kubernetes are a bit strange because they sort of straddle both infrastructure and application. And when we're talking about our shared responsibility model, we normally just do that clear delineation. Here's the infrastructure, which well, again, depending on what model you're using, let's say your cloud provider is is responsible for, and here's your application, which the customer is responsible for. But containers kind of start to merge those together a little bit, which makes it more difficult. So what we offer in ASC is it will scan the container image. So um, if you're not familiar um, with, with the idea of a container image, it's essentially like a blueprint or, well, an image, and you deploy that image into a Kubernetes cluster or Azure Service Fabric or something like that. What ASC can do is scan that image before it's deployed, and it can look for vulnerabilities or anything strange in the uh, the image. And that's really, really important. It's one of like your container security 101s that the image must be scanned and checked for um, anything bad in there, because it doesn't matter how much security you've got around the outside. If you push an, an image that's full of malware, or, you know, say a um, Bitcoin miner, it's already game over. So ASC can help with that. Um, in terms of the actual runtime within the container, that is going into, um, that would be classed more as an application side of things. And so that goes into customer responsibility. So because um, Security Center is very infrastructure focused, we don't look into the container per se. I realize it's, it's, it's uh, when you've got your head around it, it does make sense. But I think it's, it, it's definitely one I talk about a lot because it, it can't be super clear. So um, we look at it beforehand, but when the runtime is going, um, that's, um, that's um, sometimes you need some other specialized tools to do that. And we have third party providers who can help with that. Very cool. And of course, you can do things like digitally signing images as well, right? Container images. That's another thing that we do. 
Yeah, and and just um just because I'm also looking at our official documentation, um, just so I so I don't say anything uh, incorrect. We do um, when I say we don't do runtime protection, I just want to stress that's within the container. Um, we ASC can do um, runtime protection at the host layer, so um, the hosts that are running AKS um, and that are running the containers. So it's kind of like the outside of the container we can do, but you do need other things for your your inside the container. And this is why I really want a wet whiteboard because this is so much easier to do visually, but but go with me. Fantastic. So um, anything else on that before I move on? I've got a little bit of news as well, which I'm really excited about, really excited. Nothing else? Okay, I'm going to tell you my exciting stuff. So um, I'm going to be honest with you, it's kind of a little bit geeky, but here we go. So we just announced just in the last few days um, a new type of um, virtual machine. It's been in private preview for a while. I've actually been kicking the tires um, on this as well. It's called the DS, sorry, DCS version 2. Uh, these are a series of VMs that just moved into GA, general availability, and they support uh, Intel's uh, SGX or software guard extensions. Um, you may have heard of this technology under the guise of um, trusted execution environments, CWE. Uh, you may even hear the term secure enclaves. Um, it's very, you know, very similar technology. It's basically you know, one, multiple ways of sort of describing the same thing. And Intel has theirs called SGX. So we have these VMs available now. Um, is that I'm really excited. Confidential compute branding, or it is. It is. It's part of confidential compute. Um, I mean, as you kind of mentioned, um, you know, we talked about earlier. I mean, confidential compute is a is a large a large um, area of Azure uh, specialized mm. VMs. Uh, but yeah, it's part of confidential compute. Absolutely. And so, what these these secure enclaves, uh, what they actually are, they're, they're really cool. Um, they allow you to, uh, to run code and data in air quotes, a secure enclave, which is essentially a CPU protected uh, area of memory. And so you can actually have data and code running inside that secured section of memory. And what's nice about this is that it's designed with the uh, an admin as being the attacker. Uh, so it's designed to protect itself you know, against a, basically a rogue admin. Um, very, very cool technology. Um, I've been, I said, as I sort of alluded to, I've been kicking the tires on it. Uh, you can go up onto GitHub and go to the Microsoft Open Enclave uh, repo. Uh, so we have a library up there that will sort of abstract away whether you're using um, Intel's SGX or stuff from other vendors, and it will sort of abstract that out so that you can write essentially Enclave agnostic code. Uh, you can obviously go and download, you know, the SGX extensions from uh, from Intel as well. Uh, it is quite technical um, to get this stuff running, but once it's running and you experiment with it, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, I don't see this as being something that everyone's going to be interested in, but for those customers that need this kind of assurance, it's there and it's there now. It's available um, in Geo. So I'm so really so that sounds like it's similar to like um, some of the stuff that we have on the client side for credential guard and the hardware protection of the the Windows Hello, you know, keys and biometric data and all that. Is that pretty much like the server version of it or the cloud version of it, I guess? Well, it, no, it's not really a cloud version at all. It runs in a VM. I mean, you can do it on your desktop today with Okay, um, so it's a full compute environment. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So the part of the most well-known and publicly available uh, version of this is actually SQL Server 2019 
where it can run uh, always encrypted queries inside of a secure enclave. And what that really means in practical terms is that if you run always encrypted, but not in a secure enclave, there are, you're very restricted as to the types of queries that you can actually perform. Um, you can basically only do equalities. So you can do, you know, select star from that from table where social security number equals the exact number. Um, whereas with a sort secure enclave, you could actually do, for example, select star from customer where social security number is greater than and less than a range. You could actually do that, um, which is really nice. Uh, it uh, opens up a whole new possibility for building systems that are both secure in the cloud that handle very sensitive data. Um, very excited about it. The big difference between what SQL Server 2019 does in SGX is the stuff that's used by SQL Server is called VBS, which is virtual, virtualization-based security. Yep. Very similar, very similar. If you 35,000 feet, it's basically identical. But, um, but yeah, if you haven't already guessed, I'm really excited about it. I've been playing around with it. Um, You're definitely a coder. <laughs> I, I know. Yes. I mean, well, the SDKs, um, C and C++, apparently, apparently it's got some C-sharp stuff up there as well. But, yeah, whatever. Um, so I've been back, back to writing C and C++ again, which is just fantastic. I just love it. So, yeah, that's my news for the week. I'm, um, I'm going to play around a little bit more about, you know, with the SGX stuff um, over the next few days as well. Very excited about it. So that's kind of the news. Um, for the last couple of weeks. So let's just move briefly on to a couple of topics. Uh, so Mark, you got a couple of topics about um, some security resources. Yeah, there's um, a couple of things. Um, some of them are sort of in the um, sometimes overlooked and people aren't quite aware of it categories, and some of them are actually um, very new. So uh, the one that I want to make sure that uh, folks are aware of is we do have sort of, uh, not sort of, an, an authoritative set of best practices um, for Azure security. Um, which we're, we're starting to think that are more general Microsoft security best practices. Um, currently using the name uh, Microsoft, uh, excuse me, Azure Security Compass. Um, that's probably gonna be changing as we kind of evolve it. Um, but uh, ultimately we, we started to realize as we we're kind of working with, uh, with customers and, and, uh, and a lot of the folks um, like, uh, like Sarah that work with a lot of customers to kind of help them kind of clear their hurdles and figure out how to secure Azure, et cetera that what a lot of customers needed because so many things were changing was just what is Microsoft's opinion on this on uh, on this security topic what what does Microsoft think they should be doing obviously you know organizations can do whatever they want you know listen to us or not but they're really like looking for that you know not the it depends answer but you know we think this is the right answer and so uh, we built this uh, we built this set of best practices um, and so that's uh, so that's that's one of the big things there. And then uh, Sarah and I recorded uh, videos along with Tom Quinn, one of our uh, colleagues. I was I was just gonna say it was uh, very talented presenters, very talented. Presenters. Oh yeah, extremely yeah, just yep. really smart, well spoken people or something. Um, <laughs> and so that was one of the one of the key resources that we want to make sure folks are aware of and uh, have a chance to check out. And then um, we also are. Um, we just put out, a, 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 there was a security documentation site at Microsoft, um, Microsoft docs.microsoft.com slash security or something like that. We have the, the link in the show notes. Um, but we've actually just recently revamped it pretty significantly because we wanted to bring together all the different security resources that um, all these different talented folks across Microsoft have put together um, and in one place so that, you know, the, the, the stuff that helps you get your job done as a security professional, as a, as a you know, te a technical manager in security or what, what have you, 
that, you know, for those folks in security that need to get their job done and are looking for Microsoft's documentation, we got this one central location on it. So that launched a couple of weeks ago and it's just that AKMS slash security docs and uh, we'll, we'll put those links in the, in the show notes, but that's uh, one of the big ones we want to make sure uh, folks are aware of. So definitely some key resources um, uh, for, for folks that are you know looking to secure their Azure. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, I, Every customer I work with, they're they're always looking for authoritative and correct and up to date documentation um, to point them in the right direction, and that's uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so I, I've looked at some of the stuff that you wrote prior. Eh, it's okay. No, I mean it's <laughs> it's um no, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. And I, I you know I work with a lot of customers uh, where they've actually you know talked about the the material that you produced, and uh, that's fantastic. So. Um, so Sarah, do you want to talk a little bit about the Windows Virtual Desktop and just the, the, the fun and games of working from home? Oh, well, why not? So, uh, I mean, essentially, I think probably I'm sure most people here are familiar with virtualized desktops. Um, you know, it's not that they're really new technology. You know, having virtualized desktops has been around a while. But because of what's happening in the world, of course, a lot of people are using them for the first time. And uh, you know, businesses, particularly people who wouldn't traditionally work from home um, and don't have, say, a laptop or, or something to work from, they're having to provision them desktops so they can access it remotely on their own devices from home. And for a lot of these businesses I, that are adopting it in, say, the last couple, last six weeks, it's probably because they've never done it before and they didn't have their own infrastructure internally to stand up virtualized environments. Because I have worked, I've had a virtual desktop um, in previous companies but I think now we're finding uh, and they had already stood up their own virtualization infrastructure but of course Windows Virtual Desktop allows you to do that well it's all in Azure so you don't have to have any of your own infrastructure you can just create a tenant push your apps push your desktop um, push desktops to users and they can log in remotely which has been really handy for certain businesses Uh, but of course alongside that from a security lens you've then got the question well okay I've suddenly got this whole new fleet of infrastructure Um, I've got all these desktops and these endpoints how am I going to protect them because of course endpoints are often you know the way that attackers get into infrastructure because there's so many of them so that's I think it's become a very uh, hot topic in the, in the last six weeks alongside the collaboration side of things so what we've been doing is we've been working with Mystic um, Mystic are the Microsoft Security uh, Threat Intelligence Center yes I got it one nice. <laughs> didn't even have to do that twice and cut it <laughs> Uh, so uh, the uh, Mystic are a really cool team of security researchers within Microsoft. They look for threats um, and anomalous behavior using all the signals that we gather from um, from all the Microsoft platforms we have. But also they do manual work and, and have a look at new things, new threats that are evolving. So we've been working with Mystic and some other really cool people in Microsoft to get an idea of the kind of detections and hunting queries that customers might want to run to to get an idea of what's going on in their environment and of course if there was something amiss then alert them so they can take some action on it nice very nice yeah i'm i'm, I'm familiar with the mystic team i never never knew what it stood for though <laughs> but i know i know what they do um i know I think they you know, started I with the acronym first <laughs> yeah i think i think that's what yeah um but i know a lot of the people who work over there too and yeah for first rate people um 
it's always good to have people like that working for Microsoft. It's, it's really cool. Um, anyone else have any other topics you want to discuss before I tell you my closing topic, which is when things go wrong in cybersecurity? <laughs> Actually, I want to ask a question as, uh, to Sarah. Um, today, we were uh, discussing about the use of virtual uh, desktop versus RDS, uh, remote desktop, um, or terminal services. Can you collaborate a little bit at the advantage? Oh, well, I think I'm going to go for your, your stock answer here, which would be, of course, using um, Windows Virtual Desktop in Azure is fully cloud native. It scales up. Um, you obviously have more response time. You have things like better response time, better performance, and the advantage of just being able to scale up as much as you can. Um, I'm not a complete expert on terminal services, but I'm pretty sure they are the main differences. Um, anyone else can jump in too, but it, it's the same with most cloud services. It's just that being able to scale without having to build anything is really, really helpful and, and gives that flexibility. And of course, at the moment with customers being or a lot of customers maybe being limited on being able to go in and see their infrastructure in a data center just using cloud completely makes sense if there was ever a time that cloud really is going to come into its own this would be it i think in general yeah and I, the only thing i'd add to that is is that the windows virtual desktop is much more it's not i wouldn't say it is SaaS, you know software as a service because there's Definitely infrastructure configuration for your VMs, and you can upload your own images and, that, and the like. But it's much closer to it than a traditional. I just put, um, you know, RDP or RDS on uh, on, a, on a VM. Um, so much more managed service um, direction. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Gladys. I learned something if no one else did. Um, yeah, I mean, my not my my expertise in Windows Virtual Desktop is pretty slim, so. Uh, that's fantastic news. And again, I think I talked about this at the beginning. There's been a massive uptake in uh, the use of uh, Windows Virtual Desktop, which is which is great. So with that, I'm going to leave you with my little bit of news. Um, my wife started getting all these pretty obnoxious emails, um, pretty bad. In fact, used, I can't really even repeat what was in some of the emails um, on this podcast. But basically, hi, email address. Um, we know, you know what you've been up to. We turned your camera on. We put malware down, blah, blah, blah. And here's how, you know, and here's, you know, what you were doing at the time. And uh, yeah, it looks like, um, you know, this move to the cloud. Um, uh, she was using another video service and that got compromised. And uh, they basically got a, a lot of information about her. And uh, she was actually pretty shaken by the emails because, you know, she's not a security mm -hmm. expert. You know, she doesn't know that, you know, this, this email is basically, um, you know, trying to shake her down. Um, she was pretty shaken by the whole thing, actually. So yeah, that's when mm. when things when things go south. So anyway, uh, with that said, uh, anyone have any parting comments before we wrap this thing up? No. If not, looking yeah. forward to the uh, to the next episode. Yeah, this absolutely, is, uh, this absolutely. Been great. This has been fantastic. I'm 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 really happy to have finally got this thing. You know, the, the four of us have got this uh, got this going. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Um, I hope you found this of use. We'll probably find a better stride as we move forward. This is our very first one um, together. So um, we'll have um, we'll have some guest speakers moving forward as well. We're signing some people up. So make sure you sign up in all the usual places so that you're notified when the next podcast available becomes available, which should be in a couple of weeks. As I mentioned at the beginning, we expect to have sort of a two-weekly cadence, um, 30 to 45 minutes. 
where the basic structure is. We'll go through what we what we've been up to in the last couple of weeks, um, then any news and then any current topics, and then we'll uh, we'll bid you adieu. So with that, thank you very much for your time, and see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Azure Security Podcast. You can find show notes and other resources at our website, azsecuritypodcast.azurewebsites.net. If you have any thoughts or questions, please find us on Twitter at Azure SecPod. Background music is taken from Mixer.org under the Creative Commons license.